Regardless of how we find ourselves in the world of divorce, the one thing we have complete control over is how we behave from here on out. We have two choices. One is to remain stuck in the stories, the anger and pain. And the other is to take a breath, adjust our sail to the wind, and work harder than ever before to create a new story for our children, for ourselves, and for the world around us. It's your choice, your work, but I'll be in your corner. Welcome to In Your Corner Divorce Podcast. My name is Carly Israel, and I am your host. I'm so excited for today. I think the reason why I started and I was so energetic was because I was just talking to Camille, and I'm so happy. We, I feel like we are sisters from another mister because we just clicked, and we've been clicking for years on and, on and off. Um, today, I have the privilege of talking with Camille, liberating women from the dungeon of bondage that has has them believing I am not good enough, which I've never met a woman that didn't believe that at some point. Coaching high vibe women to uncover their gremlins and slay their dragons so they can ignite their power, crush self-doubt, and build fierce confidence. That is a high, tall order. Camille is an author, trainer, and the creator of Divorce Not Defeated, found on Facebook, and where she helps women move forward courageously. A divorced mother of two amazing boys, living a dream life of ease and travel, creating a movement of courageous women, social media junkie, swanky sweet lover, and all things chocolate, especially almond M&Ms. Meet Camille, your fierce, fearless confidence builder. Camille, welcome. Ah, thank you so much, Carly. I am so honored to be here with you today. I'm so excited. Do you remember how we first connected? Oh my goodness. So I went to reference that before our call here and it was in 2016, believe it or not. That was, um, I think when I wrote my first article on HuffPost about Googling, should I stay for the kids that really hit a chord with people all over the world. They translated into like German and people were like fighting online about the things I was saying, which, you know, like you've, you've reached a chord when people are arguing, like you're a horrible person and like, you know, um, but I just connected with your energy and a couple of months back, we started connecting again. I reached out because I love the work you're doing. And I said, I hope I'm not like stepping on your toes because I don't want to like you know, make you uncomfortable. And since I've, I've gotten to a place where I'm like, there's enough seashells for everyone, Absolutely. but you actually are, and we joked about this before. I'm like the person who deals with you when you're a mess and helps you like get through your mess. And you're like the person who takes you after you've just gotten through and you're like, let's go live. Let's go make our life amazing. Absolutely. Because that's what we all want, right? Like yeah. nobody wants to stay stuck in depression or despair so after we deal with our mess and we get through it, well, what's the next logical thing to do? Well, we've got right. to live. Yes. Will you tell me before we get to living and not being stuck about your first marriage, the main big problems, the divorce, and like what you learned from all that? Absolutely. So my first marriage was really something that, um, I don't know, I think because we knew each other for such a long time. My ex-husband and I, we knew each other from the age of 16. Uh, And, you know, it was one of those situations where he just always said to me, I'm going to marry you one day, you know? And so 
after you know going through high school and college, which is where we actually um, re-met. So we met back up in college. We attended the same college. And uh, you know, he was just always there, always there for me, always there when things got low for me, just very helpful. And in college, I ended up having my first son at the age of 21. And he was just such a great support, you know, just encouraging me, uh, babysitting even. And so at some point I figured, wow, this guy is just really amazing. He's ever present. And uh, yeah, I think that I'm gonna go ahead and just, you know, take this leap. We've known each other for years, who better to be with, right? So, uh, so we get married and things are great in the beginning, right? As those who, of us who experienced divorce, can attest to, but somewhere along the way, I think that the main problem in our relationship, to be honest with you, is just that communication is key, right? And so if, if the communication is not there, if people are not talking to each other and um, effectively communicating, because we can talk to each other, right? But we have to be effective in what we're saying so that people really understand where we're coming from. Um, that and the fact that some of us okay. have- Were you aware of that all along? Like we're having a hard time effectively communicating? Yes, I began to see it um, later on. Like I said, and we weren't married for, um, we were married for almost about five years. Mm -hmm. um, and so later on in our years, I could see that the communication was just kind of crumbling you know we weren't really speaking to each other we were speaking at each other at that mm. which was not a good thing um and the other thought that i was going to share with you about that is that some of us uh don't really understand what it means to be married mm. to be in a relationship with someone else uh to have um we need the capacity to understand that there are two people in this union and that both of their um, wants, desires matter to you and to the other person, right? And so we are ever evolving humans. We don't all stay the same. We all evolve and we grow, right? And so it's really important for partners to be aware of that fact too. Who you married five years ago is not the same person you have in the present moment. Can we just take a moment and identify? So when you when you were saying about that, we don't understand what it means to be married and to be in a relationship with someone else. If you think about the way marriage is set up, at least in America, but pretty much everywhere, you're in school, you get out of school, you're supposed to get married. That means you went from your parents' house to college, maybe, or working. And now you're in your 20s where looking back in my 20s, I didn't know anything. I was a total, I was just like, I need a husband. Like somebody be my husband, right? And yeah. right. And, oh, and I'm, now I'm supposed to have kids. I don't know how to do this, right? And so when you think about that, and then no one explains to these two young kids, this is how you need to do this. Like, right. just like, and I'm going to totally put my politics out here, just like I think in America, we need to have serious backgrounds and who gets a firearm. I think we need to have serious backgrounds and who's allowed to get married and have children because you're coming from a lot of stuff. It's, it's a lot, it's a lot. Absolutely is. And no one equips us to know 
how to move through a marriage, how to be married. You know, it's like you got your parents and they're maybe as either a horrible example or a great example. You see TVs and the movies that always works out great in two hours. And you're like, why is this? And one of the things I want to say to what you just said is, and this is something I strongly believe in that. And I learned this the hard way that there's many things we can do as individuals, which is basically what your coaching is about, about like empowerment and like living your dream. And especially as women, there's so many things we can do on our own in the, in this, in 2020, we can have a child by ourselves. We can have an animal by ourselves. We can run a business by ourselves, have a home by ourselves. Right. So many things. You cannot have a marriage by yourself. Absolutely not. It's not possible. It's, it's like a garden. It's a garden that needs two people to attend to it, to tend to it. Otherwise it will not survive because I wanted to do everything possible to make it live. And if your partner doesn't want the same thing, then it will not survive. It will not. And you bring out the most important point that I could ever try to convey to people, right? It takes two people. It doesn't matter what the one partner wants. If their spouse is not in agreement and they're not fully invested in that, then it's not going to work. Right. It doesn't matter. And, and of course, we're not talking about like horrible situations or there's abuse or anything. If you're just dealing with like regular humans that are getting a divorce or they're trying to be married, both people have to be on board. It, it doesn't, it will not survive. Right. You're absolutely right. So while yours was not surviving, I, I want to ask you a question. Yeah. I did an anonymous survey of married couples that had considered divorce, but stayed married. And I gave them like a checklist of the top three reasons that they were having major problems. Communication was not on there as a problem um, that was like different. Communication was their biggest solution to make things better. So mm -hmm. removing communication, because we all know that that's the issue. What do you think the three big, big, big ticket items are for most married couples that have children? So that's a great question. I also have surveyed um, my tribe, my audience on these things. And it's interesting because I get so many different answers on yeah. this question, right? So some of the some of the answers that I receive are things such as finances, right? Money was one of the three. Money was one of the three. So you got one of your know, family feud. It's up there. Go ahead. Give me two more. <laughs> well, finances is definitely one. Two is just that the two people are moving are their life paths are moving in two different directions. So they're not seeing eye to eye on a lot of different things now. And one of those things, one of the major things that women tell me is that it's um, regarding the children. Yeah, that's number two. So the two ones you just, she's winning, two for two. So the ones you just identified were the 30% of the people selected money and 30% selected, they, they selected those both. Now, the, the last one is 80% of the marriages selected. What is it? that because i i couldn't tell you <laughs> no no uh -uh. what is it sex sex wow really? intimacy sex uh lack of or different desire or different appetite i gotta tell you and this is something that i really think that is important to talk about mm -hmm. is nobody talks about this when you're going into a marriage when you're setting up a marriage to what to make sure you have a similar desire and appetite these are uncomfortable topics yet that's the main problem in a lot of marriages. So that is so interesting. And you said 
80% of your respondents, this was their answer. Number one answer. Wow. That's, you know what? I can totally see how that could be because you're right. It's the things that we don't talk about, right? Yes. It's those little things that we keep hidden. Because we- who wants to say that? Exactly. Who wants, so like with me, at least in the society that we grew up in, women typically are known, at least on TV, to be the ones who don't want sex and men always want sex. So in my first marriage, it was actually opposite. Mm-hmm. I wanted sex. He didn't want it like I did. And it made me have all that yucky, like I'm not good enough stuff. And right? yeah. And then who wants to admit to someone that their husband doesn't want, that they're not wanting them sexually. Right. And then on the other hand, you've got all these different feelings. So like women typically, and I'm just speaking stereotypically, at least for myself, I'm only willing to be physical when I'm feeling emotionally connected. Right. And men don't want to be physical when they're being treated like their mom is taking care of them. Absolutely. And you've got all these issues. So you're fighting about money and kids. That's mom and your dad are fighting. Mm-hmm. And then you're not, you're not okay in the bedroom because I don't want to sleep with my parent and I don't want to sleep with you. Because, you know what I mean? It just, Right. It just causes so much confusion, just confusion and ickiness, right? Oh, so but much ickiness. He wants to, like you said, nobody wants to really take the time to talk about those things that really matter in the relationship and in the marriage. And so you have words unspoken. Words unspoken becomes, hey, we're just not talking anymore. Silent fights. Exactly. I think the big thing I see that's not the sex, that people aren't saying the word sex, they're saying this is what they're saying is the euphemism. We're like roommates. Right. We became like roommates. I hear that often. Well, what does that mean? That means you're not sleeping together. That means there's not intimacy, not even just physical. There's not connection. There's not cuddling. There's not, I love you. You look amazing. There's, it's gone. That's none of that. None of that exists anymore. And now, like you said, you're just two people who are just residing in the same place. Taking care of the kids, taking care of the house, taking care of the bills. So back to that. You guys are, things are not going well. Who's bringing up the stuff? Who's saying this is not working? How does it end up becoming a divorce? Yeah, so that was me because I'm a very vocal person. Me too. (laughs) And, you know, and I want to express what I'm feeling and my emotions and what I'm going through. And so, um, yeah, the topic came up often. But like we have been saying here, if the other person, if your spouse is not, um, willing to receive that information that you're sharing with them about how you're not feeling good and how, you know, you feel like the relationship is um, crumbling, then it becomes a insurmountable task. And then you feel like you have no control, right? And so then you're figuring out, well, how do I convey this to my spouse properly? What am I not saying? What could I say better? Um, and so in our our particular circumstance, communication just continued to break down to the point that we're, like you said, roommates. We're in the house, but we're no longer speaking to each other. And, and Yeah. What and- happened to me was I was like, and you know I'm loud just like you, is I communicate, I communicate, I communicate. The response was like falling on deaf ears. And then what I would happen was, I didn't realize this until after, I became a woman who didn't use their voice. Because I was like, what's the point? I know what he's going to say. It's going to be the same thing. And now today in my current relationship and in my life, I am like, voice, hear me roar. And so 
Well, yes. It's about finding a balance of that. But like, so things aren't going well. You're communicating. You're not happy. And was it an amicable divorce? What happened? So it was amicable. I, you know, I suggested counseling, couples counseling, therapy, um, and that wasn't well received either. And so just, you know, at some point I realized this is just not going to work. I can't, there's nothing I can do to make it work if the other person is not participating. Um, so I decided the best thing to do for me and my children was to leave. Mm-hmm. And then did you, as a single mother going through the divorce, what did you, you, you call yourself an accidental divorce coach. Yes. Tell me about that. Yes, I am. So the way that this all came about and the way that I ended up divorce coaching is that I went onto Facebook because, you know, it's here. We all now, right? Um, And so I went onto Facebook and I thought, this is probably a good medium that I could use to just express what I'm going through, just voice my frustrations, right? And we talked about having that voice, how women need to have their voice. And so, um, and so that's what I did. I created a page. I started sharing my experience. Tell us the name of your page so everyone can hear it. Absolutely. The name of the page is Divorced Not Defeated. Massive audience. Huge audience. Like, who would know, right? So I'm just sharing and venting. And the page starts to resonate with a lot. But your page is not, so here's, let's, let's be honest. There are a lot of divorce pages that are like toxic ashtrays of just anger and bashing. Yours is not that. Yours is empowering. Yours is like, keep going. It's honoring the vulnerability, but it's pushing through because I, that's why I was attracted to you because I hate the pages where they like have a great name, like it's about empowerment, but then it's just a bunch of people complaining. And, and so here's the thing. Here's the thing about that. Uh, those people do come to the page as well. But like you said, if you are the, um, if you're the admin, the leader, right, then you can take that and you can transition that into something that's powerful for them. Right. So that, and that's what I wanted. I didn't want anyone or myself, right? Cause I'm sorry, me to be stuck in the bitterness and the resentment and the anger that comes along with going through a divorce most times. Um, and I think that that's a, a bad place for us to be stuck. So the page is all about empowering, empowering oneself to move forward. You know, like I said to, you know, Get out of that dungeon that has you thinking, you know, I'm not good enough. Why did this happen to me? And, and when most women come to me, to be honest with you, that's where their mindset is. Is it only women on your page? There are a lot of men on my page as well. And there are couples on my page. There are a lot of people who are just drawn to the positive message. There are people yes. who are not divorced at all. Yeah. But who are drawn, like I said, to the message, the positivity. Yes. And tell me, so you initially started doing divorce coaching. And then how did you realize that you really wanted to get into more of the empowerment and like pushing people to like live an amazing life? Yeah. So that's the transition piece, right? Because here I am, I created this page. 
people are like, hey, do you do divorce coaching? It wasn't the the end result I was looking for. It just kind of accidentally happened that yeah, way. You're like, okay, I guess I am. Exactly. You know, they always say you are about two to three steps ahead of the person who comes to you. And that's absolutely true. I don't know if you... It's so true. Okay. Yeah, right? So... Yeah, because I'm 21 years sober in AA. And when I first... So I've been sponsoring women for 20 plus years. But when I first started sponsoring, I was like two steps ahead of the women I was sponsoring. There you go. That is, And that's what we all need. We just need that person who's like where we want to get to so they can encourage us to get to that place also. And have practical guidance. So before we get to empowering stuff, which I want to get to, talk to me about what you want soon to be divorce days or people going through divorce or people post-divorce to understand is really important so their children don't have to feel the negative effects of divorce. Like what are the most important things that you would like people to know about in terms of choosing in their divorce? So here's, here's my one main thing. Um, I want people to understand that, <laughs> that children are very, very keen on what's happening. So I get so many people who come to me and some of the questions are, um, well, I'm staying until so-and-so gets, you know, into middle school, or I'm staying until the kids get to high school, or right after uh, summer break or before summer break. Guys, here's the thing. The kids already know. <laughs> like, whether we're saying anything or not, um, they, they can feel it. Absolutely. They already see what's happening. And I think one of the things that we do to our children um, is to keep them in that toxic situation. Because we think that it's supposed to be, they're supposed to have a, a mom and a dad or a mom and a mom or a dad, like in the house, two parents. Like, I mean, that's what I thought. Like, I will stay, like I'm doing time. I will stay for the kids. And I've talked to teenagers and adults whose parents did that. Like the second the last child went to college, they like peace out. And the kids felt like they lived a lie. And they were like, why didn't you do this 12 years ago? Absolutely. That's it. That's the, if I could convey one thing to people who are considering or they know they're on the brink of divorce, you know, it's, it's kind of even before it gets to that point, right? Because it's already been building up to that. So the actions that we take around our children affect them, whether we know it or not, whether we think it does or not. And I counsel so many women on the pros and cons of staying and how it affects our children. And so one of the things that you do too, Carly, is you talk a lot about not messing up your kids. I really love your message on that. I want to identify, because I want to clarify this. One of my friends who's also divorced said, you need to make them know that you're not promising to not mess up their kids. You're just not promising to mess them up from their divorce. Because the kids will get messed up from other things. Because who, who leaves the parent's house and is perfect, right? right. But I want my, my intimate relationship with their father or mother, whatever, to not be their reason for being closed off and not know how to deal with, like, that is not about them. They didn't choose the divorce. They didn't say, I'd like to grow up in two homes and go back and forth. They don't need to hear any of the crap that we have to say. You are so right on that. I am 
like that's the biggest thing i am in so much agreement with that statement yeah i think that and this makes people uncomfortable and i'm probably going to bring it up when we do your um page for i personally believe that the people that will not do a North Star divorce or the people that will not choose to have an amicable co-parenting relationship because they're so angry about everything mm-hmm. are selfish. Period. Yes. There's yes. nothing, there's, it's not because she did this or she did this. You guys are not married anymore. Congratulations. Like you've already made the decision. You're separate. Stop talking about it. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it only, what is that? How is that helpful? How who is and who does that serve? Right. Yes. Because no one's no one's keeping. Here, I used to be a scorekeeper, and I found out that no one was keeping score, and nobody cared what the score was except for me. And the person I was trying to report the score to also didn't care. <laughs> right. And yeah. nobody gave me anything for my score. Right. You don't. No kudos. No. Accolades. No. I didn't get a Metal. sticker. No sticker. So tell me about you and what you do with your clients to help them get, I I have a feeling that the majority of your clients are people, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, who did not want the divorce maybe, or who don't know how to do the next step. And they're like, I I don't know how to do this. And I want to know what you do with them. Right. You're absolutely right in your assessment of that. These are people who, like you said, either didn't want the divorce and they're, they're stuck right at the edge of, okay, what's my next step? How do I move forward from here? Like, at this point, so many people, like, I can speak for myself, had no clue of who I was at that point, right? Because I spent so many years with my partner and so many years in consideration of them and their feelings. And, and being a mom. And a mom, taking care of the house. So now that I'm riding solo, <laughs> I love that. Who, what, 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 what's next? And so a lot of the women. That question, what's next? What's next? That, but people look at that in a scary way, but instead, so the guy, my friend that taught me about the North Star, he also is like, go create a life that you're excited to live. Absolutely. And that's the key. There's no right or wrong way to do it, you know? And I think a lot of times we kind of get stuck and hemmed up in um, what it looks like. Like, we're so afraid of what is it going to look like? Not only afraid of what is it going to look like for us, but we take into consideration everybody else, right? Like, oh, but if I do this with, with the kids or just for myself moving forward, Oh, what is is everyone going to think? Exactly. And that's one of the worst things I think we can do to ourselves because really we are kind of setting ourselves up to be diminished, right? Yes. So, and we're seeking approval from people. I mean, I think this is the time in our lives. It's around 40 to 50, you know, where everyone's at, where we're like, I have to let go of the approval of everyone around me. It doesn't mean I don't have people in my life that I respect that I would like to a- approve in a, in a way that like, I get what you're doing. Like I go to for counsel, but right. at the end of the day, I'm the one who has to live my life. Yes. And I'm the one who needs to live that truth. And so if I'm not doing that and I'm only doing it because based on, I remember there was one thing I thought in my mind that um, I was reading one of those 
books when you're trying to figure out if you should stay or not. It was like too good to stay, too bad to leave or one of those things. Yeah. And said the, the third therapist that we saw, third marriage counselor was like, if you read this book and take the questionnaire and I love a questionnaire and see where you're at. And then there was like a few questions that if you answer yes or one way to this, then you're like done. And one of the questions of course was basically if God or a higher being whispered in your ear, whatever your decision is, it's going to be okay. Would you go forward? And I was like, yes. Like it was a no break. If God whispered in my ear, you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And then like, the, it was like, like one of those like books, like you read when you were little that were like, choose your own adventure. And it was like, go get divorced. Like you're done. <laughs> like go. Yes. Right. Approval. Right. Yeah. Of, of the only one I, I needed approval, which was myself and my higher power. So tell me before we get into what you do with clients, what did you do to like live your best life? Yeah. So it was a lot of self-reflection. Because one of the things that I think um, I begin to notice about myself, I, I kind of sat with it and I thought, okay, Camille, we're at this point, but has there been a pattern? Has there been something about you and uh, what you attract and what you're bringing into your life that has caused um, this to happen? And so just a lot of introspective kind ownership. Of- Yes, absolutely. And we have to take ownership, right? I mean, everybody's at fault, (laughs) right? You know, my least favorite question is that people ask, who wanted the divorce? (sighs) First of all, like we said, nobody wants a divorce. We are not divorce advocates. We are not marching in front of, you know, clubs saying get divorced, right? Like, I believe in love and romance and marriage and partnerships. Nobody yeah. wants a divorce. No one says at the altar, I would, I hope this doesn't work out and let's create a family together. Right. Hey. And so whether the person, like whether your ex or my ex specifically said, I don't want to make this work, which was not my case or mm-hmm. their actions or inactions said, I don't want to make this work. Two people are making that decision. Right. You are absolutely So right. the freeing part about where you are at and where I am at is it's just one person making the decision now. Yeah. And so can you share with us some of the cool things you've done since this liberation? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I just, I am such a free spirited person. And I think one of the things that's just one of the things I uncovered about myself while I was going through this discovery phase, right? Um, And that's the cool thing. Like you get to now discover the woman who um, you have become and who you want to become, right? Because we have to choose that. Nobody has to tell us, you know, this is what you should be doing. This is what your life should look like. You know, I don't buy into those conforms. And so I think that's one of the most revealing things that I've discovered about myself. Um, And so I'm a person who's very intuitive and who goes with the flow. And a lot of people just kind of don't understand that school of thought, and they don't understand that lifestyle. And so, you know, I did eventually remarry. And so moving into the dating scene and choosing a partner, it was very important for me to find someone who was in agreement with that. Not necessarily that they also was a very free-spirited person. Right, but, but would support you 
Absolutely. And not stand in your way. By the way, I have to have you on for another separate episode just about finding a partner post-divorce. Sure. That is a whole other thing. And, and I mean, what empowerment of that second, that second life. Tell me what sort of um, blocks you see with your clients when you're trying to encourage them to go down this next path. What blocks do you see for them? One of the main things that I encounter a lot is disbelief, like non-belief, I should say, right? We don't believe in ourselves. Mm -hmm. We don't believe that we can do it. We don't believe that we have what it takes. We don't believe in our abilities. And so, you know, if there's just one message that I can share with all women, it's like, you have what it takes. Like everything you need is within you already. You just have to be able to pull that out. And that's one of the hard parts is getting people to just understand and believe in themselves and to know that they are capable of doing whatever it is they want to do. Right. Yes. It doesn't matter if, you know, I think a lot of times divorce diminishes us. We get to this point where we're kind of like, I don't know, there's a lot of maybe shame, guilt, whatever that comes along. What could I have done? What could I have done? Exactly. And I think that kind of puts us into this little, uh, this little bubble of, you know, maybe I can't, you know, maybe I'm not cut out for this, or maybe I can't move forward, or maybe I can't do the things I want to do. So just building the belief in oneself, having the courage to take the steps to make it happen. Yes. Yeah. Do you know what I always say to women when they're complaining to me about like a relationship that's not working out? I say, I know you're not going to want to hear this, but I want you to get on your knees and say thank you to the universe. And they're like, why? And I'm like, because the universe is taking away someone that is not right for you. And I don't, I will not subscribe to anything like what's wrong with me or why didn't they want me? Like, if you're not going to want to be with me, God bless, like peace out because I know I'm good enough, but that's from all the work you talked about, you know? So one of the things that I do with my clients and that I did with myself and will always do is I'm all about bucket lists Mm -hmm. and I force people and myself to create, like, what do you want to do with your life? Like we, this is, so look, this was not our plan, which is also crazy. Just like the whole sex thing. If 50% of marriages end in divorce, why are we not preparing ourselves to figure out like, okay, there's nothing wrong with you. This happens. Like, so now what? Right. And so I did, I do challenges where like, whether it's physical, like forcing myself to run races or whether it's emotional, like digging, like my book's coming out in a few weeks. Like that was really hard to get, you know what I mean? Like, so, um, or I do like really, I do like challenges, like being quiet for a whole day or doing a whole year of saying, thank you. You know, so like whatever it is, it's always about me growing because like you mentioned in your first marriage, people change. Right. And I was really attracted to people that were growing mm-hmm. and you put, you surround yourself around the people that you want to be like, and that are pushing you. And so I encourage people as I know you do to like figure out what you want to do now. Like what, what's next in a good way. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And that's one of the things we have to take a step back and look at. And and that takes time, right? So, you know, uh, you know, a lot of time people don't want to look at the past and they don't want to, because everybody wants to move forward. I get that. But sometimes we have to kind of evaluate a little bit before we can move from that place and, and go forward. 
And so I always, at the beginning of every, every session, each person that I'm talking with, anybody that I take on, we always get a journal. And I know uh, I love journaling. Talk yeah. about journaling, right? Well, they talk about it because it works. Because there is something about purging and writing down on paper your feelings, your thoughts, and being able to look at that and then move forward from that, right? It's kind of like a release and move forward, right? So, you know, a lot of times I will have them to get their journal. And we talk about a very specific way to journal. Um, and I know a lot of other people do as well. But we always start with gratitude, no matter yeah. what. Yeah, right? gratitude is so important. Oh my gosh, it's extremely important because... You know, we can look at the bad things all day, right? They're in our face. We see them. People remind us of yes, them. It's posted all the time. Yeah. Exactly. So always starting with gratitude um, and then moving into um, things that you are releasing, mm -hmm. things that you desire. Mm. So gratitude, what I'm releasing, what I desire. And that is the way I, you know, instruct the ladies to journal. Yeah. And and I think it's beneficial in that we're releasing the old and we're calling in the new. Yeah. Right? So but you can't get new until you get rid of the old. So like when I, I work with my clients, we have an intensive five sessions where we have to address what's blocking you. Right? And then we have to get to a place of forgiveness and, and freedom and emptiness and being willing to sit alone with yourself before you can get to the other side. Because here's what I always say, and it's not my line, obviously, but the only way out is through and there are no shortcuts and there is no way around this. There's no magic pill. There's no special diet. There's no book. You have to do the work. Yes. Or well, else you'll just repeat it. Yeah. It's so important. You have to do the work. Something really important that you said just there is you have to be able to sit alone. Right. And so, so many people, you know, whether it's you coming out of a relationship or a marriage, so many people look to get into dating right away or finding someone right away. And I think that is um, not a good way to go about things because you have not taken the time to sit with yourself. Again, you're coming out of a, uh, a relationship. It's traumatic. You're trying to heal, but now you're trying to go into something new. And it's just not possible. It's not possible to bring that person right into a new union. Yes. So it is so important to be able to sit still, to sit in the quiet, to be with yourself. To be uncomfortable. And your thoughts. And that's uncomfortable, right? right? I mean, one of my really great friends said to me, because I would just keep sending her my inventories and inventories, and she's like, Carly, you just need to accept that for like the next year, like well, during the process of my divorce, you're just going to be really uncomfortable. Like. Mm -hmm it's okay. Like you'll be uncomfortable. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Like when I, when I expected the uncomfortability, uncomfortability, like I was like, Oh, I'm uncomfortable. Like you can't die from it. No, no. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. The things that, that, um, bring up such anxiety and fear in us, like you said, you're not going to die from it. Yeah. Being alone, you're not going to die from it. Going out to dinner alone, you're not going to die from that. So you know, I just feel like that's a really important piece as well to kind of sit with ourselves and figure out who we are and what we want. Yes. How, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want your life to look like? Yes. You know? Like, do you want, what type of freedoms do you want? 
And the other thing is what is negotiable and what is non-negotiable. Yes, please talk about that. Oh my gosh, I could talk about it for hours. Wait, before you talk about that, I want to read a quote that you just posted. It's probably one of my favorite ever. I might even get it tattooed on me because I love writing words on myself. Uh And it is, I survived because the fire inside of me burned brighter than the fire around me. Is that your words? Those are not my words. You know whose they are? I do not. I'm going to find out. Like, I love that so, so much. And even if that fire is very, very small in the beginning, mm-hmm. you can let it grow. So tell me about how do you figure out what your non-negotiables are? Yes. So these are really things we have to consider. So in your journal or however you do it, you really need to think about what is it that I am not going to waver on? What's really, really important to me and to, to my unit as it is? So if you have children, right? So one of the things that was super, super important to me is that next time round, whoever it was that I found myself with, because, you know, like when we get divorced, a lot of us are like, I'm never going to marry again. Like, I don't want to deal with even relationships, right? Um, but that that person actually take on and love my children just as much as I do, right? Right. Not that it's uh, because I want to be with you, I'm going to deal with them, right? But it's more so like, no, these are my children and this is what's necessary for them. That's a deal breaker. Outside of me. Yeah. Outside of me even, right? That is an absolute deal breaker in my book. And it's just not something that I'm going to move on. Right. not going to waver on it. Right. Right. Things that are unnegotiable to you, like what can you deal with and you can take someone else into consideration. Right. It could be a slew of different things from, you know, the way you parent or the way you deal with finances or I mean, right. Spiritual um, life. So a lot of different things, but you got to figure out what you're going to you know, put your, your stick in the sand for, yeah. you can move on. I and think a lot of that um, comes from what didn't work in your first marriage. I think, I think that sometimes it does, right? We can look at that and we can pull from that and we can see things that um, happen that we choose to say, okay, you know, you kind of lost yourself in that a little bit. Yes. So next time around, how are you going to make sure that you don't lose you? That's so important because that happens a lot with women is we wrap ourselves so much into a guy and the hope that it's going to all be okay because of him. And I got to tell everyone who's listening, if you don't love yourself, you will never survive any relationship because every relationship, no matter how good it is, you're going to get in fights. You're going to disagree. You're going to want to run. And if you are not okay with yourself, you will not be able to breathe. You won't. You won't. It's just, it, it's just not reality. It's just not going to happen. And so you have to really come to the place and decide, you know, how can I figure out, you know, what is it about me? Who am I? Why do I love me so much? And you have to love yourself because when you get into the next stage, right? That's where that negotiable, non-negotiable comes in. And if you don't love yourself, then guess what? You're going, you're going to, to bend. 
Yes. And then you're going to accept something now because you're afraid of being alone. And then you're going to get yourself into a situation where you're like, why did I make that decision? And then you're going to be in another crappy situation. Right. So it's just repeating, right? Do you ever like have those women you work with and they say something like, I don't know why I always find myself. And they want it to be a victim. They want to be like, no, they want to, they want to blame it on the person. I always attract really crappy people. And I'm like, "Mm, no, you're choosing them. Yeah. Let's be real. Let's be real. We get what we tolerate, right? So if you if you have someone that's not treating you well, it's not because you attract them. It's because you are saying it's okay. Right. Because we have it's to uncomfortable. How, yeah. Right. To to love yeah. how to treat us. Right. It's something that we have to teach them. And there you go with the your whole point. If you don't love yourself first, right? You can't. You can't do it else how to love you you can't i love camille i have one more question for you because i know we're almost out of time yeah what advice do you have for for post-divorces what do you think everyone should do to rewrite and reclaim their next chapter here's the thing so this is this is kind of my life's motto after i got divorced right i can't wait courage is your currency yes Courage is the currency to any and everything that you desire in life. What is the most courageous thing you've done? Oh, the most courageous thing I've done is to, um, to start working for myself. Yeah. Take a non-traditional, um, and become a consultant. I really, it's the best decision I've ever made, um, as a single mom post-divorce. Uh, traveling across the country, doing what I love has just been amazing. Courage is your currency. Absolutely. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. Divorce Not Defeated Facebook group. Come find her. For any listeners out there who want help with divorce coaching, please contact me at inyourcornercoach at gmail.com. Remember, we get to write this next chapter for our kids, for ourselves, and the world around us. Have a great day.